listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Bible Church of Paragool. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagool.com. How many of you in here actually grew up in church? Let me see a show of hands, raise them loud and proud. Okay, and so I would say probably, welcome to the religious south, okay? Uh, probably 90% of the room in here has grown up in church. And uh, same is true for me. My dad's been a pastor my entire life, and so some of my earliest memories are church memories. I can remember even before I was in kindergarten, my mom putting me and my brother in our Sunday best. Uh, we piled into a station wagon, and we would drive about uh, 25 minutes north to Leif, Arkansas, where my dad pastored a little country church there for about 75 folks. And um, I can remember... You know, going uh, to Sunday school in this old white building and, and the, the, the Sunday school teacher putting the little felt Bible characters on the felt board. If you remember that, I can remember then going to uh, the worship service because um, we didn't have children's church, right, back in those days. And so we went to the worship service and I can remember pulling out those little red Heavenly Highway hymnals. Does anybody remember the Heavenly Highway hymns? If you've never been through a Heavenly Highway hymn, imagine um, uh, just gospel lyrics to like piano bar type music. It was amazing. It really was. And so I would pretend to be able to read along in my Heavenly Highway hymns, and then my dad would get up and preach in a suit and tie, and uh, I would talk while he was preaching, and then I would get a spanking after it was over for talking while he was preaching. And so I remember all that very early on. I remember vacation Bible schools. I remember uh, revivals where the evangelists would come for a whole week, and we would uh, be gluttonous. We would all go eat a bunch of food, and then we would tell everybody else how they're big sinners for the things they do and scare the hell out of people, literally, right? So if they would make a, uh, you know, a second or third or fourth conversion to be baptized, and we'd celebrate all of that. And, and I stayed involved in church my entire life. My dad was a pastor. I can remember even in the youth group um, singing in the youth choir. Uh, I can remember going on youth trips. Matt Jackson's here. Matt was a part of the youth drama team. Um, he actually, true story, would get sticks. Am I lying? And like would make a cross with it or something. Like you would do that. And so thank you for doing that, man. That was a real, <laughs> a bigger blessing than you know, Matt. And so. Um, I was immersed in the church world, but I grew up completely lost. And, and, and I don't want you to, to, to misunderstand me. Like, I grew up loving Jesus. I really did. Because what's not to love about somebody who came to earth to save us from hell? Right? I mean, why would you not love someone that's, that's done that? And you've heard me say uh, probably a million times from up here that, that, you know, I gave God my afterlife early on, but I never gave him this life, right? I, I, I didn't want to really submit everything that I had to him. And because I had believed growing up that the gospel was more about rules than it was about a relationship, what I would do was just try to manage the Christian life myself and say, okay, what seems to be the big rules? And I got to make sure that I obey those. But really, behind the scenes, what was I doing? I was breaking a lot of rules and basically trying to live a life that said, okay, um, how much sin can I get away with and still go to heaven? How many rules can I break and not go to hell, right? That was just basically how I grew up. And so because of that, I grew up very hypocritical. Um, I also grew up very self-righteous, where I would look down on other people who just sin differently than me. Um, and this lasted until I was probably about 20 years old. And then when I was 20, by God's grace... Certainly not because of anything I had done. Um, I was in my room minding my own business one day, and God just crowded my world, and he saved me. And, and to this day, the best way I can explain it is this, is whenever he saved me, it's just like a light went on. And I all of a sudden had an insatiable thirst for God. I saw who he really is and what he had done for me in Christ, and because of that, I wanted to surrender everything to him. 
I wanted to follow him with my whole life. And, 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 and I'm not saying I was perfect then. I'm certainly not perfect now. But I just made a commitment when I was 20 that I, even if I fail, I want to fail forward, right? And, and following after Christ and making him known to everybody who is around me. And you see, the reason I share that is I hope, if you're a member of Fellowship Paragold, that this is also your passion. I believe there are many people in our city right now, guys, and maybe even some in this room right now, who you like the idea of Jesus, this person who can save you from hell, but right, you've grown up like me with, with this idea of a counterfeit Jesus. A Jesus who, who maybe, yeah, he can do something with your afterlife, but he's not good for this life. Uh, you've settled for maybe this morning a religious Jesus, a weak Jesus who is unable to help you at all. And because of this, you are disenchanted with Christianity. There are maybe people in here who are walking around hopelessly lost and trusting in the things of the world that will never fully satisfy you. And you see, the good news this morning is that the real Jesus, the resurrected King Jesus that we find in the Bible, He is good news to all of life. Amen? If you have met Him, you know this is true. And if you have not met Him, man, my prayer more than anything today is that you will see the real Jesus. Your eyes will be open to who He is, and it will change you in such a way that you will go from trying to make Jesus an accessory on a Sunday morning to submitting all of life to Him and committing to making Him known to every man, woman, and child in this city. And in just a moment, we're going to put a video on the screen for you. It's about four and a half minutes long. And in this video, we're going to share with you about our desire in the future to make the real Jesus known. And we're going to share with you specifically about our plans for next year. Some things that we're going to do to try to make this Jesus known to every man, woman, and child in our city. But before that, I show you this video, I want you to think about Paul's words in Philippians 3. Starting in verse 4, look what Paul says with me. He says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I love this because this is Paul's way of doing a little spiritual smack talking. He's basically saying, hey, if you think you're good at reading your Bible, you think you're good at attending the, 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 the 930 here at the cinema regularly, you think you're a faithful spouse, you think you're a good dad or a good mom, you think that you have great, a great prayer life and, and a great times in the Word, right? You can bring all of your good works, you can stack them up next to mine, and you're going to be embarrassed by how little your good works are compared to mine. That's what he's literally saying. He's saying, whatever you want to boast in here about yourself, I promise you, I can boast in more than you can. And then he goes on to the following verses, and he gives us his resume. But in verse 7, look what he says. Whatever gain I had, I count as what? As loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as what? Loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered what? The loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. What Paul says here is, look, I've done a lot of good stuff. I've been involved in charity. I've been popular. I've made money. I've been involved in religious circles. I've been known for my passion. He even says in his resume here that if you looked at me, you would think from the outside looking in, I'm blameless. Like you literally couldn't point to one flaw or mark in my resume whatsoever. He says all of these things, and then he says, what? Apart from Christ, though, it is all rubbish. Man, we need to hear that today. Because there are so many people in our city, maybe even some who are sitting here in this room, who you really believe that what matters the most this morning is what you do for God 
rather than what God does for you. There are some of you here right now who are self-righteous. You're burnt out. And to be honest, I mean, you're exhausted. You just have to manufacture energy when you come to a place like this, just to act like, like, oh, yeah, I'm happy, you know, glad to be here, right? And I believe what Paul would want us to hear this morning is this, guys, it doesn't matter what all you do or don't do. It doesn't matter what your resume is. It doesn't matter how spiritual you look compared to the person sitting next to you. What Paul says in here is, apart from Christ, listen to me guys, you can take everything you've done, including coming here this morning, and apart from Christ, you can take all of that, put it in a box, and you can put a label on the outside of it real big that says, wasted. What Paul is getting at here in Philippians is the reality, and the Bible says it really all the way through, is this is, <laughs> this is a truth we have to get, that there is one thing that we bring into our relationship with God this morning. And you want to know what it is? Sin. The prophet Isaiah says that even our righteousness is as a filthy rag before God. That's why Paul says, all the good stuff I've done, it's rubbish if I don't have Christ. All we bring in our relationship with God is sin. And because of that sin, the Bible is clear that we all deserve hell. But what is the good news of the gospel? Rather than God giving us what we deserve, what does he give us instead? Christ. He gives us his own son, Jesus, which I hope never gets old news to you. If that's old news to you this morning, you don't understand the gospel. Trust me, guys, you don't understand it. God, the creator of the universe, who could easily send us all to hell, damn us, and be good, right, and perfect. Instead, he gives us his son, Jesus, to come and live a perfect life that none of us in here can live, including me, to die a death that we all deserve to die for our sins. And then he rose from the dead, conquering sin, death, and hell so that we can stand before God fully blameless. Isn't it incredible? Isn't that amazing news this morning? What that means, and what Paul wants to remind you of today, that if you want true salvation, here's how you get it. Listen to me. You don't have to meet God halfway. You don't have to clean yourself up first. You simply need to admit that you are broken, that you are a mess, that you are a sinner, and then you take all of that to Jesus. And when you do, what Paul would say in the entire Bible is you can trust you will be fully forgiven and fully accepted by God. Now that's good news. But it gets even better, he says, because not only does the real Jesus give us the salvation we can't give ourselves, but notice he also says he gives us the satisfaction that we can find nowhere else. If you look in verse 8 at the end, he says, For his sake, talking about Christ, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And look at this verse. It blows my mind. That I may know Him and share in the power of His resurrection. Now let me tell you why that verse blows my mind. Because if anybody knows Christ and the power of His resurrection, it should be Paul, the person writing this. Because Paul had a personal encounter with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, on the road to Damascus. The Apostle Paul experienced such a power of walking with Christ, his shadow would fall on people and heal them. He would preach the gospel so powerfully, it would start riots in a city. He planted all sorts of churches. I mean, uh, he wrote 35% of 
the New Testament. And now here he is saying, man, I want to, I, I want to give my life to knowing Jesus and the power of his resurrection. I look at this and I'm like, I've been preaching the gospel for probably, what, 10, 11 years. Nobody has ever started a riot because I preached the gospel so powerfully. I mean, just once, wouldn't it be nice if I preached the gospel so powerfully that we walked out of the cinema and there was a car flipped over and it was on fire, right? Because the gospel was going forward that powerfully. But that's not happened. Paul's experienced all this kind of stuff and then yet he says... I want to know Christ. That's, that's what the, the whole Christian life is about. He says, I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. Well, what in the world is Paul talking about here? And we have to get this. This is what I didn't get growing up. What Paul is hitting on here is, listen, guys, when you meet the real Jesus, listen to me. When you meet the real Jesus, you can't get enough of him. When you meet the real Jesus... He's not an accessory. He's Lord. Because the real Jesus, He doesn't just save you, He satisfies you. We talk about things that satisfy us. And when you meet the real Jesus, you know what? You're going to give your life to wanting to know more and more of Him and making Him known to those around you. Man, I hope there are people in this church who would agree with that and say yes and amen. I've shared with you probably hundreds of times how whenever I first started following Jesus, I was 20 years old, and two weeks later I started a college ministry, and I had no idea that's what it was. I didn't know it was a college ministry. I didn't have a vision. I didn't have a budget. I didn't even know much of the Bible because, as I said, right, I didn't care about Jesus. It didn't satisfy me now, so I talked while my dad was preaching, and I certainly didn't spend any time reading the Bible on my own. I knew nothing about God, Harley, but I knew this. That Jesus had changed my life. And I wanted other people to meet him. And I just want you to know, as in just a moment, as we show you this video, the reason we started this church is because of that very reason. Fellowship Bible Church is all about Jesus. And that's not just some cliche. Like, we truly are. Like, he is where our hope is, and he is all that we have. He is the salvation and the satisfaction that we all need and the people in the city need. And so as we show this video here in just a moment, I want you to keep that in mind, okay? And then after this four and a half minute video, I'm going to come back and I'm going to share some details about everything that you see on here, okay? Make sense? So get the lights if you don't mind, Matt, and go ahead, Ryan. There is a longing for acceptance, meaning, and significance deep in the heart of every human. No matter who you are or where you come from, we are all searching for joy, hope, and fulfillment. It's why children pretend, play, and dream of grandeur. It's why we listen to music and watch movies. It's why we work long hours, cheer on our favorite sports team, shop, and spend countless hours on social media. We believe this desire to be moved, amazed, and satisfied exists because we were created for God, for the author of life who alone can fulfill the deepest desires of our soul. And the good news of the gospel 
is that despite the fact that we have sinned against this God, separated ourselves from Him, in His mercy, He sent His Son, Jesus, to live a perfect life that we could have never lived, to die a death that we deserve to die for our sins, and then Jesus rose from the dead, conquering sin, death, and hell, so that we can now have a right relationship with this God. You see, that is why we started this church, so that every man, woman, and child will have a daily encounter with the real Jesus. And as a result, experience the joy and satisfaction this world could never have apart from Him. In the three years we have been in the city, more and more people have gotten connected into the life of a missional community, where they are learning together how to live as an authentic, joy-filled family of missionary servants to this city. We have watched Jesus restore marriages, free addicts, and heal wounds. Over and over, we have watched people step into the baptismal waters to testify to the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ. And our hope is that this is just the beginning. That is why we are inviting you to join us in creating space so that more people can experience the good news of the gospel by helping us purchase this facility right here in historic downtown Paragould. Sitting next to the railroad tracks that divide east and west Paragould, the Red Goose is not only a strategic location for helping us continue to build a diverse community of faith, hope, and love, but it also puts us in a position to help bring more life and beauty to our downtown. We have said from the very beginning that we are more about people than we are about programs and buildings, and that has not changed. Uh, we are not wanting to purchase this facility so that we can create a monument, but so that we can help fulfill the mission that God has given us, the mission of filling the city with joy that only the real Jesus can bring. And we believe the Red Goose facility allows us to do that for several reasons. At 30,000 square feet, this facility provides us with the space we need if we are going to see more men, women, and children join us on Sundays as we celebrate Jesus through singing, the preaching of the Word, and communion. The Red Goose also frees us up to connect with our community in fresh ways, from food storage space to help our restored missional community better serve the poor, to an industrial kitchen to rent for catering needs, to an event space for weddings or banquets, to a flex space for other community events, this building, once restored to its original beauty, will be a space that allows us to bless people in Paragould throughout the entire week. This church was started because eight people were willing to step out in faith. And now, 260 people later, we are encouraging you to step forward in faith with us in purchasing this building. For three years, we have gathered in a cinema that has served us well. But because we have grown by 51% over the past year, we are running out of room. In fact, even if our growth rate is cut in half over the next year, we will be well over capacity. And so if you believe that God has used our church to bless this city and that He wants to continue using us, we invite you to take ownership of the opportunity before us to purchase this facility by committing to give of your finances to this church joyfully, regularly, and sacrificially. Not so we can make much of ourselves, but so we can continue filling this city with an unshakable joy as more and more people are meeting the real Jesus who alone can give us the salvation and satisfaction that we were created to experience. All right, so after eight months, you can go ahead, thank you, man, of uh, talking and praying and speculating about us purchasing the Red Goose facility, which many of you have probably already heard about, uh, we are announcing obviously today that we are moving forward in faith to purchase this facility in downtown Paragould. And um, hopefully, and so, 
hopefully you're just as excited about it as we all are, um, but you probably, like me, had a lot of questions about this. Questions like, how much is it going to cost to purchase this facility? Uh, how much work will we have to do on the inside of it? What's it going to look like when we're done doing the work on the inside? And um, you know, hopefully you're also asking the question, what can I personally do to help us get into the facility even quicker? And so um, I want to answer those questions, but before I do that, I want to recognize several people because um, we did not shoot from the hip on this. Uh, this has been something we've put a lot of thought and a lot of work into over the last uh, eight months. And to be honest, the pastors have been looking for a facility for over a year. And so um, I want to recognize some folks who actually help us. We, we put together a building team back in around March, and they helped us search and scout and look for a facility that would meet our needs. We also put together a design team that would be uh, able to help us figure out how to make the Red Goose look nice. So it'll be a place that we're not just proud of, but the city will be proud of because we want to use this to, to, to rent out um, for weddings and banquets and things like that, like it's already been used. Um, we've also had that bring in a mechanical engineer who's actually been involved in our church and has helped. And there's been all sorts of folks. And so um, when I say your name, I know you guys are not glory hogs, but uh, be humble and stand up anyway, all right? And so um, when I call your name, if you're in here, please stand up. Kara, no. Nolan, are you in here? Okay, right there. Kara, uh, Brian, and Julie Wilkins, Randy Rogers, Bob Clark, uh, let's see, is Jeannie Beth here? All right, is Megan here? Helms, is she in here? There she is, okay. Uh, Megan, uh, Catherine, uh, Robbie Fowler, I know Brandon Treat's out of town, and then Jordan Lane. Okay, just stay standing if you, might, uh, if you don't mind, okay? And, and, and these are folks who have put a tremendous amount of work in. Again, the building team ha has done a lot of work behind the scenes of helping us find a facility, look at the facility, make phone calls. Robbie uh, has been in contact with a, a fantastic sound, um, I don't know, what do you call that company? I don't know what they're called, but sound engineer. That sounds very smart. And, yeah, so uh, a sound engineer company in Nashville that works with big bands all over, and Robbie's done a lot of work with sound, so he's going to make sure that the sound is great. Um, Megan and Jeannie Beth and Catherine. Catherine owns her own photography uh, business and is phenomenal with design. And then Megan and Jeannie Beth, I don't know if y'all have ever been in, uh, in Central Baptist in their church building in Jonesboro, but they have a children's wing that is literally better than anything else you'll see, and they designed the whole wing. And so they've been on the design team as well with us. And then Jordan um, is a mechanical engineer up there in the top, and he's been able to help us with a lot of stuff. It's just the mechanical side of it that we obviously wouldn't know anything about. And then Brandon Treat, who's not here, is also um, he, he is a, a co-owner at Jedons, and they're a contractor for Walmart throughout the country. And he's just kind of made sure that I didn't screw up in any of the contracting stuff. And so, anyways, if y'all don't mind, would y'all just honor them for their work? You can be seated. And so... All right, so let's get to some of the good stuff. Um, can you throw the layout on the screen, Ryan? Do we have that? Okay, so you're probably wondering, how in the world are we going to fit the Red Goose to where we'll be able to put kids in there and things like that? And so I don't have a laser pointer. I wish I did. That would make this really official. And so, but just uh, try the best you can to use your imagination. If you look out where it says emergency exit, obviously that's on the left side of the screen. That's not where we would enter. Uh, we would only exit there in case of emergency. Hence the word emergency and exit. So come down to the other door there. That's going to be the main entrance on uh, where Pruitt Street is, okay, that runs right in front of the Red Goose. And on the other side, you see that other little door um, right there on the back side. That faces the railroad tracks, but that'll be another main entrance. And so you can enter into the building in one of those uh, two locations. You'll have, uh, you know, children's check-in there. You'll also have uh, other people there to welcome you and point you in the right direction. But let's just say we're going to enter in here from 
um, uh, from Pruitt Street, which by the way, there's plenty of parking. Somebody asked us about that on, um, on a Friday night and I was talking about it. Plenty of parking. Matt and Nancy are, I think they're here. Um, and they, they've, okay, in the very uh, up top, they've hosted events, what, 400 people plus, and, and parking's never been an issue. And so there's plenty of parking down there. Um, so you come in from Pruitt, this side, you see there's going to be a big foyer right there uh, with a big wall that's going to be built in, in the banquet hall from um, uh, bottom all the way up to the top. And then you're going to have a, it's not there right now, but a unisex slash handicap accessible uh, bathroom with a changing table. We always have babies in here. They're all, it seems like they're always coming, and that's great. And so we're going to have a changing table in there. You'll also have a children's check-in up against that wall where the uh, unisex bathroom is. If you've ever been in the restrooms at the Red Goose, um, you know that, that they're, they're kind of small for the size facility. And so we're going to update those, tile those, uh, make those look nice, put new lighting in there, and we're going to add a stall in each one of those. And so extend that, make the bathrooms bigger for men and women. Um, if you go into the worship area, um, that's going to be a, a great spot. Um, one of the areas Jordan Lane's uh, been helpful is been able to uh, make sure that we position things in the right way where we can see the stage and all that. And so you'll see there's no pillar um, right in the middle, like right before the stage. We're going to remove that, put a beam up there for support. Um, that way no one's view will be blocked of the stage. We're going to expose the wall behind it. It's going to be a brick wall. If you've ever been in Skinny J's, you know how pretty that is and cool. We're going to expose the brick wall in there. There's also a really old ceiling above the drop ceiling um, that's just original to the building. It's, it's just wood. It's beautiful, and so we're going to expose that. We're going to change some lighting, hang some exposed bulbs, some Edison bulbs in there. Um, there's just a lot of stuff we're going to do. Paint, touch-ups, decorations, all sorts of stuff that's going to make it so nice to where I really believe that people from all over are going to want to have weddings there. They're going to want to have uh, banquets there. And right now, by the way, they, I mean, they already rent it out, what, 25 times a year plus, something like that. And our hope is that we'll continue to be able to rent it out uh, a lot to people and they'll want to, um, to come in and, and use that for, for whatever they need to use it for them. So um, in the, from the worship area or the foyer area, you can see there's a hallway you can enter into to get to the bathrooms or the kids' rooms. There's going to be three kids' rooms underneath the mezzanine, um, as you can see right there. That's right next to the worship area. And then you can also see from that hallway, you can enter into what I would just call the restaurant side of the Red Goose. And so where the restaurant is, that's going to be a flex space where kids can meet, probably our largest classroom. Might even be an, an assembly for the kids. Uh, we can use that for membership classes. We can use it for prayer meetings. Uh, Restore can use it whenever they hand out food to bring people in to come in there and sit in that area. Uh, we could rent it out for things uh, like yoga. If somebody's a yoga instructor and wants to do that, whatever. We want to make that available to the community. You also, as you can see, have three more kids' spaces, uh, classrooms in that area. So that's a total of seven classrooms. Um, that'll be a, a good size. There'll be one office in there. Rusty and, and, and I, we actually office at Swirls or something sweet. We like to be out in the public. And so that'll just be used for counseling sessions, things like that. Uh, you have an industrial kitchen, which somebody has already approached me, a restaurant owner in town that uh, owns Chow downtown, has approached me about using that and renting that from us so he can do a catering, uh, some catering work. And I know there'll be other, uh, hopefully, chefs that'll want to do the same thing and use it. Um, and, and so all of that there totals 20,000 square feet, which is a lot of room. And then above that, which is where Matt and Nancy live right now, um, there is 10,000 square feet, okay? And so we have plenty of room for growth. We're not going to use that initially. That'll save us on utility cost. And if we use the upstairs, we'll have to add a, uh, a fire extinguisher, or not fire extinguisher, a, uh, a sprinkler system. Thank you. Or that. And so, um, um, sound engineer, you know? And so, it's just all these technical terms. 
Um, yeah, so a sprinkler system, and that's about $130,000. So it's not something we want to bite off right now. We don't even need to. So it'll save us on utilities. That spot, it's wide open. It'll be great to use for classroom space and things like that as well. So 30,000 square feet, that's one of the largest facilities that a church would have in Paragold. So plenty of room um, for us to use and to be able to use for others, okay? So um, you look at that, and okay, how much is all that going to cost? Because that's a, a whole lot of work, okay? And I want to explain that to you. But before I do that, just let me make mention of this. Megan Helms uh, um, has put these together for us. She served us, and everything I'm going to say is going to be laid out in a really beautiful manner on the, in this booklet. And so you can grab one of these on your way out if you want a hard copy. Um, we encourage you to limit it to just one per family because we didn't print up a lot of them. But if you're a member, we will be sending these out to you in a PDF format. Okay, So that way you'll just have it on your computer. You'll be able to look at it on your own screen. But if you're not a computer person or if you're not a member, you might want to grab just one of these um, per family. Okay, That's going to explain everything I'm about to mention. So cost, what are, what are we looking at here? Um, the Red Goose is appraised for $630,000. That's from a professional appraisal. They come in and they just look at it and say, okay, this is how much you could get for your facility, that sort of thing. Uh, Matt and Nancy have been very gracious to uh, offer to sell it to us for $350,000. So that's nearly $300,000 less than the appraisal value. For those of you who don't know Matt and Nancy, they own the Red Goose. They're actually involved in our church, and that's just one way they want to try to bless this family. Okay, so that's, that's, that's a huge blessing to us. Um, yeah, so yeah. Um, and so here's the deal, though. We don't want to finance it for $350,000. We want to finance it for $242,000 because we don't want to payment more than $1,500 a month. Uh, we assume the utilities, based off of the records that we've seen, will probably be, um, for a facility that large, probably about an extra $1,500 a month for utilities to run that and use it. Um, the insurance for it, which we have a, uh, an insurance guy, Nathan, who do you work for? Okay, I don't have a clue what you just said. But <laughs> I think what's important to know is uh, this guy is awesome. He loves Jesus and he loves his church and he's going to bat for us and doing everything that he can to try to get us the best deal that he possibly can for insurance that covers us. And so to cover, uh, from what I understand from Nathan, and this is just an interesting fact for you, Whenever you get insurance for a building, I didn't know this until we started researching it, you don't insure just for what the cost is, you insure for what it would cost to rebuild that facility today. To rebuild that is $2.5 million. And so they insure for $2.5 million. Okay? And so um, insurance is about an extra $750, $800 a month, something like that, give or take. Okay? So we're trying to get our payment $1,500 a month. Okay? So that means we have to finance it $242,000. That means, if my math is correct, we have to pay down. $108,000 cash before we can get into the facility. Now, the good news is we've already raised that $108,000, okay? So, that's good news. Um, and here's some more good news. Some of you look at this and you're like, yeah, but man, $242,000 in debt, that's a lot of debt. Well, check this out. And please tell me God don't provide after you hear this story, all right? So there's a lady in our church that recently took a risk, left her job, and started working at another place in town, um, and, in Jonesboro, I'm sorry, and they began to hear about her excitement about Fellowship Paragold. Just, you know, she came into work, and they'd get talking about Fellowship. Oh, okay, like, we want to know more about that. So she would tell them more about Fellowship Paragold, Fellowship Paragold. Well, long story short, um, this group of guys contact me, and they say, um, hey, you know, we've heard about your church. We love what God's doing there. They're actually uh, members of a church in Jonesboro, Christian guys. Love what God's doing in, in Paragold through fellowship. And so they said, hey, um, 
we own a piece of land right across from Swirls. It's one acre, okay? So not big enough for us to build on, but one acre. And that one acre, because everything's developing over in this area, appraised for $357,000. In fact, they just sold the acre next to it, which is the same size, for $250,000. Okay, so they're saying you could at least get that for it. Anyways, they want to donate that to the church so that we can turn around and sell it and pay off the building. And so, and so, um, so I... (coughs) So I met with them last week. That'll be a done deal on December 15th. They asked me a few more questions. We'll sign all the paperwork. And uh, Lord willing, we got to hold on to it for 25 months, the acre, so they get their, their gift uh, discounted on that. But after 25 months, we'll put that on the market. Hopefully, we'll sell that. And uh, what I hope you realize is, man, if, if we can get what we think, and I've talked to several real estate agents who are like, you should be able to at least get 250 two years down the road because the market's just going to increase and more stuff's going to be developed over in this area. If we can get that for it, What's amazing is the fact we'll also be renting it for banquets and weddings and things like that. I believe we won't even have to pay for utilities or anything. So we're looking at three years down the road, a 30,000-foot facility will be used to bless us, to bless a city, and we won't be paying a dime for any of it. Okay? So, um, so it's super encouraging to me, man. God is so faithful to provide. You can't, you can't design that, man. That's just God saying, here you go. Here's a gift. And so uh, we just want to thank the Father for that and, and, and his graciousness to our church. And so now, as far as updates go, as you can see uh, from the, 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 um, the layout, it, we've got um, quite a bit of updating to do. Matter of fact, about $150,000 worth. Um, and that includes electrical. We have to redo the entire electrical in the whole facility. That alone is like $42,000. We have to uh, do some plumbing work in there and tear up some flooring to fix some plumbing. We're going to have to uh, do some new heat and air work. We're going to have to obviously build walls and work on sound. And then we've got the design and and buying some of the the furnishings and things that are going to go in the facility. And all that equals $150,000. Now remember, we need to get that in cash because we can't roll that into our payment. Okay? We cannot add that on to the 242000 we need to finance because that will take our payment up. So $150,000, we looked at it and said, man, that would take a long time for a church our size, our size to raise that. But by God's grace, we've received um, some pretty significant events, in the, uh, events um, pretty significant um, uh, donations in the past couple months. And so 80000 of that has already been raised. Okay? Um, that means... The only amount that we have to raise as a church, if my math is correct, is $70,000 for this dream to become a reality. Okay? $70,000. Now, let me tell you about how long I think it will take for us to do this. Um, At the very latest, if giving just goes up a little bit from where it is right now, at the very latest, we'll be able to raise that full $70,000 by September. Okay? I'm going to challenge our church to at least shoot for raising this by June. But I want you to pray for a miracle that we'll be able to raise this by March. Okay? And as I've watched God work through this whole process, I believe March is probably what we should all be praying for and working towards. $70,000 by March. What that means is that in March, if we get that $70,000 cash, I will go to the bank, we'll begin the paperwork, which by the way, every bank we've gone to loves us. And totally wants us. Um, God has blessed our, our, our church so much that we've gone from our, our bank account this year from 118000 to 
um, and that's with adding another full-time staff because of just God continues to provide for us, right, so that we can put towards this building. So we've got $245,000 now plus $357,000 of land, and so they're like, yes, please come, and the building appraised for way more than you're getting it, so yes, we'd love to have you. We get that full $70,000, though. What will happen is, my hope is by March, I will go in, we'll start the paperwork, um, and we will begin as soon as possible to begin on all of the remodeling and hopefully be in by the summer at the latest, okay? That's what I'd hope to see. Obviously, it's going to be in God's hands on timing and all that, but that's what I want us to shoot for. Now, how are we going to raise that $70,000, okay? Um, can you put the commitment card on the screen? We've put together commitment cards. We realized on the back we forgot to put a slot for name. And so if you will, just please put your name on there. That might be important. Um, and so just more proof that we need Jesus, right? And so um, what we want to encourage you to do, if you're a member of this church or if you just believe in what God is doing in this church and you're excited about this, we want to encourage you to grab one of these cards on your way out. You probably just need one per family. Um, but grab these, and what we want to encourage you to do is pray over the entire week about how much God wants you to give to this cause, above and beyond what you're already giving, so that we can get in as soon as possible, okay? And you're going to pray about this for a week if you're a part of this church and you believe in what God's doing here, and next Sunday, we're going to encourage you to bring these back with you and put them in the offering basket after the service, okay? And if you forget yours, we'll have plenty more uh, to give to you. So uh, you can still fill out your information, okay? Um, and the way these work, if you look on there, is you have a slot for a one-time gift. Maybe some of you, you own stuff that you're like, you know what, we really don't need this. We got more than we need, so we can sell this, and we can probably get this for it. And maybe you want to take that money, and you want to write in there, hey, we got a one-time gift of $250 or $2,000 or whatever it may be. But you also may look at your budget and say, you know what, we actually don't need the best cable package, be nice, we like it, but we don't have to catch all of our shows over the next 10 months, okay? Um, so let's make a sacrifice. Or you might look and say, you know what, we eat out a lot, let's just cut out, cut out eating out for, for uh, you know, at least one or two times a month. Let's cut that out for the next 10 months. Or maybe you have the best cell phone plans on the planet. Maybe you just need to say, you know what, we can go smartphones. That's okay for 10 months. And actually, we might actually have a better marriage because my husband won't always be looking at his phone when I'm talking to him. And so uh, I don't know what it may be, but there may be things that you can look at and say, all right, we can cut some, some things out of our life. We can make a sacrifice over this short amount of time. And then what we want you to do is, is depending on which, um, which line best describes you and your family, what we want to encourage you to do, whether it's weekly, monthly, bimonthly, or quarterly, put down in that blank how much you want to give above and beyond what you're currently giving to go towards that 70000 So here's what that means. If you're already giving $400 a month, and you decide, hey, we can give another 100 you wouldn't put $500 a month. You would put 100 monthly. Because again, you're just putting what you plan to give above and beyond what you're already giving to the church. And the reason this is so important is after you total this out, right, you will bring this back next Sunday. And here's why this is so incredibly important that we do this. One is we've said from the very beginning, we do not want this church to be ran like a business. We want it to be ran like family. And listen, healthy family takes ownership of each other. Healthy family does not sit back and say, well, I bet this person over here who has a lot of money will do it all, and we're just going to kind of ride their coattails for a while. That's not what family does. Even in, even in my family, right, my kids who are three and two, they have responsibilities for the family to improve the quality of our family. Now, right now for them, it's not much. It's, it's picking up after themselves, and it's taking their plates to the sink when they're done eating. 
right? But they steal. We say, if you're part of this family, you're going to take ownership. And so if you consider this your family, what a commitment card helps you do is make a commitment to this family. Now, if you fall through, you know, there's health issues or whatever, what's going to happen? Are you going to get kicked out of the church? Absolutely not, right? This is not like you're signing your blood and you're going to go to hell if you don't meet your commitment, okay? This is just, we're going to do the best we can to make this commitment to the church. Um, another thing this does that's good is for those of you that are actually good with your money, you know that you have to budget your money so that you don't what? Waste your money. You have to give your money a name. And what this will do is help you give your money a name. This is $200 or $50 or whatever extra we are going to set aside every single week or month or whatever to go to this account, to go to this church, okay? And then the third thing that it does is, um, let's keep this in mind, guys. The gauges have been so sweet to say, and you know what, we're going to hold this facility for you. Even if other people are making offers, we're going to hold this facility for you because we love this church. But keep in mind... They're running a business out of this right now. They're living upstairs. There are real lives that depend on this building right now, and employment and all these things, and they need to have a heads up of how long we think it'll be before we think that we're going to be moving in so that they can make the proper adjustments they need to, to prepare in advance for when we're going to go in. Does that make sense? And so the least we can do for them is a lot of everything they've done for us, I think, is fill out one of these for family and say, man, this is what we want to commit to. And after a week, we'll collect these, we'll look at it, and we'll know realistically about where we're going to be and how long it'll take us to get in there. Does that all make sense? Okay, so again, as we kind of come to a close, here's what I want you to think about, okay? We are not looking for equal gifts, but we are looking for equal sacrifice if this is your church. In the last couple months, we've had one family that donated $60,000 to this. That's a big sacrifice. You may not be able to do $60,000. I know I can't. Some of you are like, I haven't made $60,000 in the last three years. Okay, you can't do $60,000. Maybe you can do $6,000. Maybe you can do $600. Maybe you can only do $60. we are not looking for equal gifts, but we are looking for equal sacrifice. We're looking for you to say, you know what, in light of what I can do, this is what me and my family can do, and we're going to do the best we can to help. We're going to set aside some temporary pleasures and some temporary comforts over the next three, six, or possibly ten months, right, for the sake of this vision. And what I hope you think about is as you do this is what God has done in this church in such a short time. Over the last three years, we've gone from averaging 60 people on a Sunday morning to 240 people on a Sunday morning. We've gone from having 26 people in missional communities to having 260 people who are actively involved in missional communities. We've had 28 baptisms. Last year alone, we gave away 145,000 pounds of food to people who, who needed the food to eat and to feed their families. We've been building lasting relationships in Labor Park and among foster families. We've been gaining influence through city sports and bringing good news there. We've seen marriages restored. We've seen addicts freed and wounds healed. And if you are here right now and you have been blessed by this church, please consider this. The reason you have been blessed is because people before you were willing to make tangible sacrifices that in return made space that allowed you to get here and to grow with us in the gospel. And if we are going to continue to be the church that Christ has called us to be, we must now be willing together to join arms for the purpose of making more space so that we can make the real Jesus known to every man, woman, and child in this city. 
And as a result, as you've seen in the video, this is not about Fellowship Bible Church, but guys, this is truly about the salvation and the satisfaction that everyone is longing for that is only found in Christ. Amen? All right, so I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Um, the band's going to come forward, and those who are going to be helping with communion will come forward, and those who are going to be handing out the commitment cards are going to come forward. We are going to have the commitment cards um, past the giving basket. BJ is going to be there, I think, with somebody else, and so you can get those there. And then Rusty will have the booklets by the door. Okay, And so if you would like a booklet, you can grab one of those at the door whenever you leave. So, hey, let's pray together. Father, you are such a good provider. I thank you, first and foremost, for, for providing me with salvation. I thank you for providing us with the cinema that it really has served us well over the last three years. I thank you for the gifts that's already been given. I thank you for each and individual person here who serves and sacrifices in nursery and, and children's care and, and, and greeting and setting up and tearing in over the last three years. Everything about the band behind me. Goodness, who every single Sunday over the last three years has come in and set up their equipment early after working long weeks so they can serve this church. Ah, we are so blessed, Father. Thank you for providing us with everything we need. And we pray that right now, that if there is somebody here who their heart is not enchanted with you, they are not in love with you, they have not been gripped by your grace, would you please provide for them salvation? Would you, through the power of your Spirit, open their eyes and see you as you really are? And I pray that as a result, we will be committed to making the real Jesus known and that you will provide for our every needs financially, that you will equip us with the gifts we need, that you will equip us with the people we need and, and all the resources to continue making you famous in this city. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.